What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Bayout Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here in another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. We got a little bit of a funky week after what was a little bit of a funky week last week. We're going to do a fan Friday for a Monday as well as a normal Monday episode come out kind of all at the same time on the same day. So we got a lot of content coming out your way. But without further ado, let's dive on in. All right. So we had a whole fan Friday for Friday kind of scheduled or at least thought out. Uh, in which we're going to look at the Deshaun Watson case and this like idea of retreating and heading home and needing to find uh, some sort of a sanctity in the South or at least like playing Atlanta and New Orleans against one another and how that was all going to be a very different type of thing. Uh, but needless to say that by the time that was all starting to get put together, that got thrown very far out the window. Uh, I, I will say that that episode seemed to make a lot of sense. Like, Atlanta is totally the franchise that would have done this. He's from the South. Uh, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, putting their fans through some sort of a reclamation project seems kind of on par with what Atlanta's going to be doing in healing up from this Calvin Ridley nonsense. They also are the franchise that had to deal with, like, Michael Vick and that whole spiel and all of the things that went on to that uh, dogfighting fiasco if you were relatively young or don't remember that at all. Uh, you'll remember that 
Michael Vick was arrested in April, or I guess the investigation was in April of 2007. He pleads guilty in August 2007 and gets uh, suspended while he's in prison. He gets officially released, I guess, near the end of him getting out of prison in 2009. And all of that happens to the city of Atlanta and their football team. We also know that the city of Atlanta more recently is famous for, like, as Matt Ryan tries to save the franchise, being up 28-3 to in Super Bowl and then... And then, well, we remember how that went, right? I I will say that as much fun as we had recording all that Atlanta stuff, it doesn't feel right to do the Atlanta story after what did end up happening with Cleveland and Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland on Friday. Uh, And so we're going to look a little bit more at how fans interact with all of that and, and how fans of Cleveland may be feeling today or maybe aren't feeling today or or whatever. A quick note, uh, this episode is going to be what we call air quotes live. It's very, very loosely edited. We're going back and throwing in the music as we go and going to push it, push it, push it very, very quickly. It's going to be very, very raw. That's why you'll still hear the normal amounts of ums as if you talk to me in a normal conversation. So while I apologize for that, I think that makes it probably a little bit better or more authentic episode. So let's dive into this Deshaun Watson stuff. All right, so if you've been living under a rock or just missed it on Friday or were involved in March Madness all weekend or whatever, on Friday of last week, Deshaun Watson was officially traded and had to void his no-trade clause to do so from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns for what essentially adds up to being about five picks. Now, I think that it's interesting to point out that like no real player capital was used in this. It's all very much pick-driven and pick capital, and so now... Cleveland has an angry Baker Mayfield who they'll be moving at some point. Looks like it may be to Indianapolis if you're reading between tea leaves. We'll see. And Deshaun Watson. Uh, they've also, I think it's worth pointing out, have really bolstered their offense in adding Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. So you obviously have the same running game, same offensive line, Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. And I think if this were just Madden and these were just video games type of players, I, I think that all makes a ton of sense. But the the wrestling here is that Fans are having to deal with Deshaun Watson's off-the-field image for the last, you know, 18 months or whatever it's been. It's really probably closer to a year. I guess it's mid-March. And so as we look at Watson's last, we'll say, year with the Texans, where he did not play for all of the 2021 season, they kept him out. Uh, Last March, he officially issued a trade request, and then within days or hours, depending on what timeline you're reading the trade request on, uh, he very quickly racked up 22 different uh, women alleging sexual misconduct. Like it's technically 23, but one did not want to file a suit and faced both criminal and civil charges earlier in March. Part of the reason he got traded over the week uh, last weekend was earlier in March, he did see the I guess the charges, the indictment was not found credible or whatever. The criminal indictment was dropped and we'll talk more about that later, but that doesn't really ease most people's tensions around Deshaun Watson, right? I think there's still this icky feeling as all the details started to leak and the case started to get public and those kinds of things about what type of person Deshaun Watson is, what type of a person Deshaun Watson is off of the field and how he carries himself on, how he treats women and those kinds of things. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out that like Cleveland is not the only fan base having to wrestle with this. Uh, Kansas City has to wrestle with this every time Tyreek Kill throws up the peace sign. Uh, you know, in Stillwater in 2014, he was arrested for beating up, beating up his 
pregnant girlfriend at the time. There are pretty horrific details around that. In 2019, he was investigated for an alleged incident in which he beat up and broke a three-year-old's arm. Uh, it's not just receivers and players and big names and things like that. Dallas Cowboys have seen a number of different claims coming to them about Jerry Jones, the owner, including in the last month, or this month, I guess, was it March? Anyway, uh, Jerry Jones uh, is facing a lawsuit because a woman saying that he's her biological father and had you know paid off in hush money and had all the trauma that forces on a young girl. And, and throughout growing up and things like that and says he owes her money and, and all of this, uh, that's obviously paints, that would paint, I guess you should say, the character of a guy like the owner of your football team. And, and Dallas has a lot of fans and how are they wrestling with all of that. This also isn't relatively new, right? We look back at Ben Roethlisberger and what he, you know, if you not that he put fans through it necessarily. Obviously, there's bigger implications. But Pittsburgh fans did have to wrestle with this and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, he had legal suits in 2009 and 2010 about two separate incidents about sexual misconduct with women uh worth pointing out that was not actually his first legal trouble in 2006 he got in trouble for a near fatal accident and i guess it came out later uh, on a motorcycle where he wasn't wearing a helmet and it's worth pointing out also never had a motorcycle license um so that's two different laws he was breaking the state of pennsylvania and uh you know that was i guess the first bad sign on that it's not it's not even just the teams putting up with this either though like espn has a full-on love fest with the end of ray lewis's career but didn't really mention the murder trial or civil settlement back in like 2000 and 2004 and and stuff like that dating back to a, a again a, a real murder where there's a fight or an altercation breaks out in a post-super bowl party and lewis and some of his buddies are involved and then two people just die and and that court case just kind of gets thrown by the wayside because I guess technically Lewis is not guilty in the criminal trial. Uh, sorry, he was not found guilty in the criminal trial, I should say. That's not just a technicality. But the civil settlement is not something we really have a whole lot of details of because it's the civil settlement. This also isn't the first time that Cleveland has put themselves and their fans in this kind of a predicament. Uh, they have running back Kareem Hunt because he was released by the Kansas City Chiefs because a TMZ viral video came out of him kicking a woman uh, in, in, frankly, in the head area uh, after, or in a, in a hotel lobby. I, I just, I think it's interesting to say that, like, everyone wants their quarterback to be guys like Dak Prescott, who's like this open mental health advocate and orchestrates the Faith, uh, Faith Fight Finish Foundation. We want to see, like, running backs be like Saquon Barkley and give all of their time and effort and money to things like Covenant House in New Jersey. We, we want to see those kinds of people on our football teams. But repeatedly, as fans, we get put in this predicament where that's not who we get to root for. Those aren't the people on our teams. And, and Cleveland just got put in that. Um, I, I don't want to act like how the fans have to deal with this, in air quotes, is like the worst part of this. Obviously, there are 22 or 23 women out there that are in civil trial now over something much more serious than anything a fan is going through with the conundrum of what do I do about the Cleveland Browns. But at the same time, this is Fan Friday, and that's how we're going to address it, or that's the angle we're taking on it. Um, but it just because it's not the most serious aspect of this doesn't mean that there isn't some wrestling that Cleveland Brown fans are dealing with. Uh, what is the fan supposed to do in this moment, right? They're 
lifelong Cleveland Browns fans. Things are trending in the right direction. You're building a decent football team for the first time in probably most Cleveland Browns fans' lifetime. And as you're watching this, uh, they go out and get a fairly despicable or disgusting person to take snaps and be the face of the franchise. Um, that, That puts them in quite a predicament. This thing that you connect with the thing that you represent yourself with is now almost turning its back or changing its image or or perhaps turning into something that you might have never signed up to be a part of in the first place cheering for the cleveland browns makes you cheer on someone who's a sexual predator right that like that that's not something or i guess you should say for the sake of legality sake an alleged sexual predator that's not something that you sign up for when you're picking a football team at two years old right uh Jerry Seinfeld once had a bit about rooting for laundry and in a much less funny retelling, but in a, you know, trying to lighten the mood a little bit, uh, Seinfeld basically gets the point that, you know, players are always changing teams and teams can change cities. And he gets to this argument that you're actually rooting for clothes. You're, you're standing and cheering and yelling for your clothes to beat the other clothes. And you want your clothes to score the more, most points in the whole league of clothes and how it really comes down to uniforms. We like connect with and see ourselves in uniforms as these guys in the field and in football, I think that really stands out because you don't see their faces. They wear helmets and face masks and their bodies are bulked up by shoulder pads and, you know, especially in the 90s, you had like the giant thigh pads. So they, you, they move in uniform and there's 11 of them on the field at a time. You can lose track of the people beneath the helmets and pads and jerseys and things like that. I think it makes total sense for Cleveland Brown fans right now to feel some sort of way about not necessarily completely never ever talking about the Cleveland Browns ever again, but maybe not feel so great about rooting for them. They have every right to do that. Again, their team just signed on to be or to have a alleged sexual predator as the face of the franchise, right? I I don't really know how a fan is supposed to wrestle with that in any other way and then be like i'm just not gonna dive in i'm gonna enjoy the league as a whole i hope it goes well for my city or whatever your connection to cleveland is because i'm I'm not sure what your other connection would be um i i don't think you have to run off and be like i hate this team i never talk about this team ever again i i think you're allowed to just press pause i think that fans need to understand that if your team or if your owner pulls in a guy that you don't agree with like that you're allowed to just press pause and 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 like come back to them at some point um you know who knows what the five years they've signed Deshaun Watson to will will ever amount to uh we don't know what the suspension for off of the field behavior will be like because that's never been officially issued um so Watson faces these 22 civil suits uh because the grand jury decided that uh I guess the air quotes break he caught was that the air, the grand jury declined to indict him on criminal charges. I, I would point out that failure to indict does not necessarily mean the same thing as being found innocent. While you are technically innocent till proven guilty, with some of the evidence that did come out, there's some pretty, at least we'll say, icky feeling stuff out there when it comes to Watson. And so without any idea of how that all plays out or what Watson's next five years look like, I think you, as a Cleveland Browns person, probably are okay to press pause. I, I think that there's something that seems natural and like it's okay to have those kinds of questions. The real issue will come 
next season if and when they play well. As a Cleveland Browns person or as a Cleveland Browns fan that roots for and wants to see the best for your city, how do you wrestle with it then when on the football field this is going well, right? We mentioned several guys at the top of the show. We mentioned Tyreek Hill and how does Cincinnati, how does Kansas City deal with that, right? How does Kansas City function? Again, 2019 investigation for breaking a three-year-old's arm. And then in February of 2020, he's holding the Lombardi Trophy. Like, the Chiefs fans have dealt with this, and their choice has been to ignore it. You know, I don't know what next fall, we mentioned Jerry Jones, I don't know what next fall's Cowboys season will look like, but based on some guys the Cowboys have brought through the franchise, if they're holding up the Lombardi Trophy in February 2023, I also think the fans will, if history holds, probably just look the other way on Jerry Jones' behavior. We certainly know there was a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans that did that for Ben Roethlisberger over the course of his career, and I guess... I don't know why this would fall to Cleveland as far as different than other cities, but I think we're all kind of hoping that they do something different. And and I think that's an interesting thing in looking at like why is every non-Cleveland fan looking to Cleveland to do something different? Now, part of that may be because it's it's 2022, Parker, and at the end of the day, this will never change until something changes. And so acting different would be the way to institute that change, right? Do Cleveland fans show up with brown paper bags over their heads or do they stop buying tickets altogether, right? I've seen several high profile fans online act like they're not going to cheer on the Cleveland Browns anymore. I also saw LeBron James, fairly high profile Cleveland Brown fan, celebrate the move. And I don't know how to wrestle with that. I know that, you know, guest of the show from last fall, Dave Zirin, went on very publicly and said that uh, on, through Twitter, he'd been reached out to by several people that were dropping the Cleveland Browns fanship uh, in a piece he was working on because that's the kind of thing that, that he he writes about. I think it's worth pointing out that you're going to have fans go both way on that. It's just interesting to me that there's a lot of us hoping Cleveland does this differently. Is this different because it's Cleveland? And for whatever reason, American sports likes to kind of poop on Cleveland. Like, oh, well, Cleveland this and Cleveland that. And can you believe the All-Star game was in Cleveland this year? And oh, man, the Cavs, can you, like, or the Cleveland Cavaliers from their championship run a couple years ago. Like, can you believe the Cavs pulled that off? Or oh, man, can you believe the Cavs ran off LeBron James from town? Or oh, man, the Cleveland Browns, the worst thing of all time. Or oh, man, the Cleveland now Guardians, at least that saves face from whatever bad baseball playing for so long. And all those different things that we associate with bad sports in Cleveland and bad luck. And like it's a city that literally had a river on fire. Like there's some fun history to that too. But if we look at like, why are we putting this on Cleveland? I don't know. Like, Is it worth going down the path of, are we putting this on Cleveland because all of us kind of push things off on Cleveland. We're not as bad as Cleveland is, right? Even Detroit sports fans, until the Lions, I guess, recently, like, continue to be bad, and the Browns started winning games the last couple of years, could say, like, well, at least we're not the Cleveland Browns, or, or whatever the case may be. I also think that part of the reason this feels different, or that we want it to be different, is because just the alleged crime itself is so dramatically 
different. There's not just one or two women that are the victims here. There are allegedly 23 victims, or 22 victims and one that didn't want to file suit. And I have to say that that is Cosby-esque, the way that we saw Cosby get locked up for a long time. And that is the behavior of a serial predator and the serial aspect of this makes it more serious no pun intended but it does also make it feel different and maybe that's why we all want it to be different right there was you know at the time because of the difference in like how we talked about these things a lot of saturday night live types of jokes around like serial predator Ben Roethlisberger because he had two incidents about a year apart from one another. This is more than 10 times that. And I I think that that difference makes it, I think that that difference makes it worthy of being asked, will this be different? Will this actually get treated differently? And I also think that between it being such a dramatically bigger case a dramatically bigger number of people affected, dramatically, you know, different time period. This is 2022 again. We're talking about things continuing to be more and more progressive in these kinds of areas as we look at the world. And we, we certainly hope that the things are working that way. I do think it's fair to act, like put those together and ask, is this going to be different? Will we see the league actually step in and suspend Deshaun Watson for like more games than they suspended Calvin Ridley for because Calvin Ridley did a totally otherwise legal thing while he wasn't even on the active roster for Atlanta. I guess he wasn't playing. I guess he was probably still on the roster, but was not playing with Atlanta. And he got suspended a full year for doing an 18 parlay. And that's a really bad idea, but it doesn't hurt anyone besides his pocketbook, right? I think that it is worth asking those questions and expecting different in this instance even if seeing a trade like this kind of felt like this big, big sign that it wasn't different, right? We saw this big, big shift in things and how things get handled uh, with the Me Too movement and, and other aspects of our lives. And we're seeing more and more attention paid to these issues. But I think part of the reason that there was this gut punch when he got traded for all these picks and stuff on Friday and like, he puts out on his Instagram that he's excited about it. And the Cleveland Browns put out a statement over the weekend talking about why they did this. Now they looked into all the different avenues of it. it doesn't actually feel like it's turning the tide and, and is becoming different, even though there's a big, big part of the country and a big, big national sentiment to make it different. So will it be different? I don't know. Obviously, we'll be following things that come out as they come out uh, here with FN Sports. What I think is fair, though, is fans wanting it to be different. And you're no less of a fan for wanting this to be handled differently. You're no less of a fan for saying, I'm done with this franchise. I can't do it the Haslam's and the way they're handling this and Kareem Hunt and so on. You're no less of a fan for saying, I want to put a pause on this and just like sit back and see what happens. <laughs> I also, while I would have personal things to say and think about a person that buys a Browns jersey with the number four and Watson on the back. Um, you know, I don't know if they're any less of a fan or any less right to be a fan than someone who's a fan of Tyreek Hill. Or are they right any less of a fan or have any less right to be a fan than someone who's a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Or frankly, 
the Browns, because we talked about Kareem Hunt, was already fan, already doing this, right? Were they any different than the fans they were a week ago? I I don't know how I, I can have personal ways I feel about that. I guess technically, though, that that's all very well within their rights, even if it's not right, right? It can be within their rights, even if it's not Right, and so we're going to see how this plays out for the next year. We'll see how many people show up to the stands in number four. We'll see how many people on the road continually boo and boo and boo this team. We'll see how the new Cleveland Browns even do in that very, very tough AFC North. Right In that single division, you've got Lamar Jackson's Ravens. You've got the Bengals just won the whole AFC, and Joe Burrow and the Steelers are one of the model franchises, and I don't actually hate the Mitch Trubisky signing all that crazy much after some thought on it and those kinds of things. And what happens to Cleveland if all this doesn't work, if they're at the bottom of the division and all of that? And so we'll be following. I think it's interesting to watch the way fans interact with this because, again, while fans are not the most important people in any of this very serious stuff, it is worth pointing out that a very large American city and a very large passionate football fan base that has had decades and decades of awful football just kind of had this big gut-wrenching what do I do here moment and I think that moment comes again because we're all hoping this shakes out somehow differently even if we have no indication that it's going to friends that is fan Friday on a Monday Uh, again very different week as far as stuff getting out this week because we had a very different week as far as stuff got out last week. You can follow the show at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram and at FN Sports 2 on Twitter. Through those different social through those different social media handles, you'll be able to find a link tree link to all of our different sponsors and our merch store. So make sure you go check that out. We always have charitable t-shirts hoodies and so on on the merch store so go check that out be sure to support the show and some great causes you can find me and my personal stuff on instagram and twitter at painsworth 512 that's p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h 512 all one word on instagram and twitter i'll be happy to talk more about fan takes and the browns and what to do if you're a fan if you want to reach out and make sure you hit me up and we can talk all about that again at painsworth 512 on instagram and twitter Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, do all those wonderful things on a couple different platforms to support the podcast. But whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. 
Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.